Fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on here as I just bonk the microphone trying to get everything going. Welcome in. It is a Monday. I guess we have to take a while to get back into our groove of things here for a brand new week. It is October. It is the first. It is the beginning of a new quarter. The first of the quarter. The beginning of October. The beginning of fall season. Although we're still in the mid-80s where I'm at here in Kansas. I don't want that. Can we get back down? I woke up this morning. It was amazing. I walked outside and it was 50 degrees. I have my t-shirt. I have my shorts on. And it felt absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for the fall and early winter time to set into the program here. Welcome in. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we love you and appreciate you very, very much. Big show lined up for you today as we kick off a brand new week and a brand new month. Joel Gilbert, Michelle Obama, 2024. He's written the book. He's made the documentary. You can find it online at michelleobama24.com. You can see the documentary, Is There a Pathway for Michelle Obama to Try and Run for President, coming up in the next presidential run. Oh, my dear. We'll see. We've talked with him before on the program. Look forward to doing so again here at the bottom of the hour. We have a lot to get to. I hope you had a great weekend now that we're officially into Halloween mode. We did, got to say, here at the Hoosier Reason Voice of Reason House, we have gotten into the holiday-themed mode. We are slowly but surely getting out some of the Halloween decorations. We are slowly but surely uh, watching some of the Halloween movies. Over the weekend on, I believe it was Saturday, they officially released the new Hocus Pocus movie on Disney+. Plus. Now, uh, many individuals may not have Disney Plus anymore because of the wokeness from Disney. That's cool. I totally get it, and I would like to do so myself. However, having an 8-year-old makes it very difficult, and having the tri-package between ESPN, which I don't use, except for like an MMA fight once in a while when Conor McGregor's fighting, I'll purchase the UFC fight there. I do like supporting the UFC, because that is a semi-conservative organization, uh, but I have ESPN and Disney Plus and Hulu all packaged together, and it uh, does benefit us on occasion. So, we watched the new Hocus Pocus movie, and at the surface level, it was a good movie. It was kind of neat seeing the original cast members from the original Hocus Pocus back in the mid-90s as a kid. I mean, obviously, I grew up with that as a kid. I didn't watch it a whole lot. Mrs. Voice of Reason was huge on it. Little Voice of Reason, absolutely love it. So they were super excited to watch the new Hocus Pocus movie on Disney+. Plus. So we watched it on, I want to say, Saturday night. And here locally... Uh, with our stations, we got to be part of a hunter safeties course education uh, here around the Wichita area, which was really cool. I got to go out there most of the day on Saturday and see some of that. So it was really great. Uh, first off, seeing all the kids go out and about, getting their hunter safety course, learning firearm education. It was a really a neat deal, and we were glad to be part of that one. But I went home. I was exhausted from being outside all day, and they wanted to turn on the movie. So we had a movie night, watched Hocus Pocus 2. And again, at the surface level, wasn't a bad movie. I recommend it for that sense. If you look deeper and you try and look at some of the little 
I guess, little drops, little breadcrumbs that Disney tried to throw in there. You can obviously sense the wokeness in the movie. They had a drag show that was in there. Uh, it was a it was a Halloween costume contest of men that were trying to dress up like the three witches. So they had kind of a drag thing in there, which I didn't quite appreciate in the movie. But outside of that, I mean, it was you know it's just a Hollywood. It was just a Disney Hollywood movie. That's what they did. So they of course had to throw in the wokeness, a little bit of the uh, the, the agenda they're trying to promote. But if you look past that, it was a decent movie. It was a hocus pocus movie. It was entertaining. It was kind of cheesy. It was kind of fun. You had some humor moments, and it was great, except for of course the agenda they tried to throw in. So if that stuff really does bother you, which it kind of bugged me a little bit as well, then then really consider whether you want to watch it or not. If you want to watch it just for the face value of it being a Hocus Pocus movie after, what, 20, 25 years since they made the last one, then I recommend watching that for that sense as well. So uh, there it is. It was fun. We got to watch that one. Then on, I will say on Disney Plus as well, they have all the Simpsons. We turned on the series of the uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors Halloween episodes. That was just running constantly in the background uh, throughout the day on Sunday while we were working and doing stuff as well. So it was nice to be in the mode, in the Halloween theme, and in the spookiness. They have some different Halloween uh, scary movies that are on different episodes and stuff as well. So that was nice. That's what we did over the weekend after uh, being out and about doing things on Saturday. Welcome into the program. We have a lot to get to today. I know that's how we wrapped up our weekend. Hopefully you had a great one as well. The real scary thing is in the real world, though. While we watch these movies, we try to be entertained. I joke all the time that now that we're in October, we're going to see all over the country, we see haunted houses. And the haunted houses are fun. I love haunted houses, but I think we need to step up our game. There are a few of them out there where you can actually, you have to sign a waiver to go into the haunted house to say that they're allowed to touch you because they'll touch you. They'll do the psychological stuff to you. They'll blindfold you. They'll drag you through it. They'll really take up the notch of scariness of, oh, this could potentially be real. And I kind of want to experience one of those. I've never been through one of those before. I mean, the haunted houses are fun. You get the jump factor, but you know in the back of your mind you have that safety net knowing that everything's okay and nothing is wrong here. I, I want to find a way to break that barrier. I want the realism of a haunted house, and I'm excited maybe, hopefully, one of these days, someone, you can email me, who's your media network at gmail.com. Someone let me know where and when you can find one of those crazy haunted houses that takes it up a notch and really, really scares you. I'm excited for that because the real world is the scary thing. The scary movies... The scary TV shows, the haunted houses, it's cool, but in the back of your mind, you always know that it's not real. Although there is a conspiracy theory, the new Netflix, what, Dahmer, 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 is that his name? The uh, serial killer uh, from back in the day, and I don't remember where he was from, uh, Mrs. Voice of Reason watched that Netflix series. Apparently, they're saying don't watch that one because you can get possessed. I, <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, apparently, I don't know. But there's outside of those, you know that there's a safety net. You know that the movies, that the haunted houses, that the TV shows, they're not real and that uh, they're just fun and games. And at the end of the day, you can walk away and be fine. The scary part is the real world. And right now, the world gets scarier on a daily basis. We're seeing the headlines now that thanks to the Biden administration and their dependency on OPEC and the dependency on not producing oil domestically, that we could see oil prices get back up near $100 a barrel. Now, we've worked really hard over the last couple months 
And by us, I mean the energy companies and the oil companies trying to bring it back down, trying to do what they can. And the Biden administration artificially trying to lower gas prices going into election season to make it feel like they're doing something proper. But the scary part is we could see near $100 barrels of gas again or oil uh, by in the next few months, which means we could see record setting gas prices again before the end of the year. Now, my guesstimation, being in politics long enough, would be I would guess that they're going to try and artificially hold gas prices low just through election time. Once election season's done, then it's going to skyrocket. And if Republicans do win the majority in the House and or the Senate come November, then they're going to blame it on them before they're even sworn in to be like, oh, look at that. Republicans get elected and oil prices shoot back up. It's their problem now. they got to deal with it. It's their fault that the prices are going high. The weird part right now is that oil has been floating right around $80 a barrel. And according to Breitbart News, gas prices are still hitting record numbers in the Los Angeles and California areas with near $6.46 record highs in the state, even with oil not anywhere near that $100 a barrel. Why? Why? Well, I can tell you why. It's very simple. It's really because of the... Uh, regulations, the energy regulations coming out of California where they're pushing these electric vehicles and they have these uh, potential brownouts and blackouts when they had the extreme heat and they have their assault on the energy companies and they despise oil when that could be a great place for us to find great energy to be able to produce energy for the state and other places. But no, California, I hope you're liking it. It's your policies, man. Now, there are many conservatives in California, especially Northern California. I just saw a comment on the Facebook live feed from the Ops Lens uh, right there. So welcome. You guys have to deal with it. And I feel so bad for you because you didn't choose any of this garbage. But the three major cities in California did. And now you're reaping the quote unquote benefits, if you want to call it that, the disasters of the liberal progressive policymaking in California, where you have drug-ridden streets. You have to download the poop app to go to San Francisco because of the feces that's all out in the streets in the public uh, because, well, you know, there's so many homeless individuals. You have record high gas prices. You're not producing any oil. You're not letting any cargo ships from uh, China and other places come into actually port to pick up and actually take care of the supply chain issues. And it's all because of the policies coming out of the Democrats in California. You created this mess. You created the social experiment, and then you allowed it to go to you know where, and then you try to blame Republicans and all those naysayers that won't let you go far enough. Because remember, according to Democrats, you just have to go further. If we get a true socialist nation, then this time we'll recreate the wheel again, and this time it'll actually work. This time it'll work beautifully. Last time it failed because, well, we just didn't get to go far enough, and that's the end goal. And while we're seeing the real true scary portions, it is no surprise why the latest as well research shows that California has some of the highest amount of anxiety and depression in the nation. Now, we've said many times on this show that, you know, the good times create the weak people. The weak people create the hard times. The hard times create hard people. The hard people create good times. And it's just kind of a cyclical uh, cycle in society overall. Well, right now we're at that time where the weak people have created weak times and the weak times are starting to recreate hard people all over again. But we're not quite to that phase to start rebuilding yet. We have to let the system crumble just a little bit further. Apparently, I mean, we're trying. Don't get us wrong. We're trying to solve it. It's just not working fast enough. And they have the majority right now where they're taking things a little too laxidated. But they're, uh, according to Yahoo News, young adults especially 
and California are experiencing what they call alarming rates of anxiety and depression. Now, we're not even talking about the working adults, the ones that are dealing with the high inflation rates, the ones that can't actually go to the grocery store and get the stuff that they need to because of the resources that are so short. They can't go and get the gas because it's near $7 a gallon in California. And I mean, they're already used to inflated prices. Just look at the real estate there in California. But at the same time, they're having to deal with more. We're not even talking about them right now. We're talking specifically just the younger generation where they say 16% have had suicidal thoughts and self-harm. Half have reported depression over the last year. 31% have had suicidal tendencies in some way, shape, or form. And this is a poll of near 800 Californians age 18 to 24 years old. Why? Why? Why in California do you have so many kids that are thinking so negatively about the world. We live in a great nation. Now, we have our flaws. We have our faults. But when I guess when you hear negativity constantly day in and day out about how bad the nation is, how bad the flyover states are, how bad conservatives are, how bad Donald Trump is and potentially running again. I mean, when you live in that state of anxiety constantly in your entire life, then I guess you're going to have suicidal or depressive thoughts. Or thoughts of self-harm. Maybe it's a little bit of the brainwashing from the agenda of the public education system. Maybe it's the confusion trying to tell five-year-olds that they don't quite understand their gender because you get to choose your gender. Maybe it's all of the above. Maybe it's trying to fit in and trying to be cool and be uh, different than everybody else. So you have to push the envelope of different in that self-identification in some way, shape, or form. But why in the world? In the world's greatest nation on the face of the earth, even with all its flaws, do we have so many people that have such high anxiety and depression as young adults? It drives me wild. And again, with everything we led up to before with the gas prices and with the economy and with the inflation and with the supply chain issues, we're not even talking about the adults that are taking it to a new high and a new level as well. It's very scary to think about, and it's something we need to address now, which means we need to start creating those hard men to create the good times all over again. Lots more coming up for a Monday here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program, 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. It is a sad state of affairs when you have children that are seeing a massive increase in anxiety and depression. Great comments coming in from all over the place. The sensationalism that social media need those likes, need those clicks. I'm sure that has a large part of it as well. Then you have the social media bullying to where now we have a bunch of narcissists that feel like they can get away with anything they want without having any repercussions because well it's social media who cares it's non-personal they wouldn't say those things right to someone's face or maybe they would in today's times i don't quite know i don't (laughs) i don't know how today's age goes because it just blows my mind all the things that are said at all uh that especially on social media but now that we see a massive increase of young teenagers 18 to 24 really the to the pre-teens the uh middle teens later teens that are showing anxiety and depression and the highest rate of them coming out of the state of California. Look, I've said this before. California is the social experiment, and that is good and bad. Well, Andy, what do you mean by that? Look at all the disaster. It is good and bad because, look, every state can operate the way that they want to. That's the beauty of federalism. That is the beauty of states' rights. That is the beauty of a sovereign state that chooses to be part of the United 
states by giving up some of its power. The states still have, whether the Democrats want to admit it or not, whether the establishment wants to admit it or not, whether Washington, D.C. wants to admit it or not, the reality is that states still have a massive amount of power and oversight on what they're going to do with their own state. So, yes, you know what? Everybody expand and just do your thing and let's see what works and what doesn't work. California... If you want to impose crazy, ridiculous EPA regulations on businesses or on individuals to where you can even cite someone for the odors coming out of their backyard for barbecuing and someone doesn't like it and can call the police and get you cited for that. If someone wants to uh, ban smoking in your own backyard, if someone wants to allow the LGBTQ to run rampant in your public schools, if someone wants the Environmental Protection Agency to run pretty much everything. If they want to ban the imports coming from overseas, if they want to do all of this stuff that they're doing, guess what? As a state, you have the right to make that decision for the most part. And it's up to the citizens of that state to make their voice heard to see whether they like it or they don't like it. And for those that are on the other side that is vastly overwhelmed, I feel bad for you. We love you. We're here for you. We know you're behind enemy lines, and we support you and salute you every single day for dealing with that crap every single day because I can only imagine how frustrating that is. But guess what? That is the social experiment for the state of California, and when it bombs and it fails miserably, then we can look at it, or at least we're supposed to look at it and admit and say, wow, that quite didn't work out. What can we do better? What can we do different? Instead... This is where the narcissism and this is where the misinformation and this is where the mainstream media comes into play. Because when it does go into a disaster, then they say, well, again, we didn't go far enough. Oh, by the way, the federal government's not helping us out the way it needs to. By the way, other Republican states are trying to obstruct us. By the way, other Republicans are doing X, Y, and Z. We don't get to go far enough with our agenda. You're literally giving out needles of heroin to drug addicts and homeless individuals in California through the clinic so nurses can administer them so that way they don't overdose or get infections underneath the bridge when they're getting it shot up instead of saying, hey, maybe we should help individuals from actually being addicted to this stuff in the first place. But again, if that's the policy you want to choose as California, then all the power to you. In other states... We haven't gone that direction. And guess what? We don't have the crime rates that you do. We don't have the drug addictions that you do. We don't have the environmental regulations that you do. We don't have the craziness in public schools that you do. We don't have the same issues. Do you think there's a correlation? Hold on. Let me think about the common denominator here on what's working and what's not working. But the delusion from the other side continues because they always find an excuse. It's never their fault. They've never done anything wrong. And it's always somebody else that has sabotaged them for not allowing it to go the way it needs to go. And while the social experiment allows other people to see what's wrong, I feel absolutely horrible for the ones that are affected by it, especially the children that are in high anxiety or depressed states right now with no fault of their own because they're being brainwashed and all this negativity and garbage thrown at them every single day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you are. Welcome back into the program, the fastest hour of radio on, well, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. Like usual, can you imagine we are already in October? I know I keep saying that, but good golly. 
Halloween right around the corner of the trifecta of the holidays with Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, then we got New Year's, then we start it all over again. Man, flies right on by. Welcome back into the program. By the way, as it is the beginning of the month, if you did not receive it, then you, what the heck's wrong with you? You didn't sign up yet. Go to HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. We sent out our monthly newsletter this morning, so hopefully you enjoyed that one. The blog was a little bit shorter this month. But still kind of interesting. It already got published as well as an op-ed for OpsLens, O-P-S-L-E-N-S.com, which does our video streaming on their website and their app and their social media as well. And we love those guys to death. But you can go and read that. You can read it on our website at whosyourreason.com. But make sure to sign up for the newsletters. We have a lot of great content on there. So if you missed it this month, don't worry. Then we'll get you signed up and get you ready for the next one. With that, let's go to our next guest and what's trending for the day. What's trending today? So, as you know, we're getting ready for election season coming up in November with the midterms this year. But that kind of sets the stage for the big presidential race that everybody's already talking about for 2024, which is crazy. Uh, Imagine how long you have to be on the campaign trail if you're in the political limelight nowadays. Because if you're going to talk about running for president, they're talking about it even before the previous election, which is the midterms for this year. Uh, I saw the headline that Republicans have ticked up again in the uh, possibility And the probability of winning back the Senate, we're still seeing some seats that are up in the air for the House, which we are expected to win by anywhere to 10, 20, 30 seats, whatever that one's going to be. But how does this set the stage for the big presidential run in 2024? Really happy to have this guy back on the program as he is the author of the latest book, Michelle Obama 2024, Her Real Life Story and Plan for Power. Also the documentary, Michelle Obama 2024 as well. It's Joel Gilbert on the line with us here. Joel, how are you, my friend? Okay, great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, Before we get into the 2024 presidential, let's set the stage for what that entails and what needs to happen for the midterms. How much of the midterms do you think will affect the chances of someone like Michelle Obama to run in 2024? Or do you think it's already set in stone? She's ready to make it happen. Well, two things. I think it is set in stone. Michelle has been running for president for about three or four years now. Just look at her Twitter account. She's all politics all the time. She has a voter registration organization called When We All Vote. She's running around the country giving these fiery speeches, really following in the footsteps of Barack Obama, who also had a voter registration organization called Project Vote before he ran for president. Barack wrote a best-selling autobiography called Dreams from My Father. He based his candidacy on his personal story. Michelle did the same thing. She wrote a book called Becoming, her life story. She's got a new book coming out in a few weeks, doing another book tour. And also, don't forget, Michelle was the keynote speaker for the Democrats at their convention. She introduced Joe Biden, same that Barack did for uh, John Kerry. That's a very uh, exclusive spot they give to the person they think is going to be the nominee at the next convention. So Michelle is the most popular Democrat. She's the most popular woman in the country. And I'm certain she's already planning to run. Now, that being said, uh, we're going to find out pretty much it's going to be a new world in about four or five weeks here. Uh, the midterms are going to tell us either Republicans are going to sweep the midterms, which they should, because every key indicator in the country is is going very poorly. The inflation, we've got uh, you know the international situation, Afghanistan, Ukraine, stock market crash, you name it. Uh, everything that the Democrats have done has turned things upside down for people. So if the Republicans don't sweep and the, somehow the Democrats win, it means that the Democrats do control the election process through their mail-in votes, through their uh, drop boxes here in California. They sent out, you know, 20 million ballots all over the country, all over the state. Every single mailbox got ballots. 
no way to control who fills them out or who gets them or who puts them in a drop box. So this will tell us uh, which way things are going in, in five weeks if there really is a chance uh, for Republicans in 2024. That would be interesting. Let's just say, for example, let's, uh, if theoretically the Democrats maintain the majorities and they hold the House, they, they keep it you know, split, or they even take uh, the Senate as well. Going into how does she run going into a, 24, a 2024 presidential election when things are as bad as they are? I mean, do they run on another campaign of hope and change? I mean, before it was the change from George Bush because he was the most evil person on the face of the earth, so it was kind of easy for them to run. How do they go from one disaster of an administration under Democrat control and then try and pawn her off to be different when Biden was connected with the Obamas under their administration? Yeah, well, a couple of things here. If the Democrats do win the midterms, which I said if they do, I think it's because they're controlling the election process. If they win, they'll pass this thing called H.R. 1, the For the People Act, which federalizes elections, makes mail-in ballots legal everywhere. It makes it so you can't question anyone's registration. It completely upends the constitutional process. So then it'll be a cakewalk for any Democrat. Republicans will never win another election. Uh, But but Michelle will be able to, uh, based on her personal popularity, uh, she will transcend all the policy failures of Joe Biden. If you're blaming Joe Biden or mad at Joe Biden, you're pretty much playing into the hands of the people that write his teleprompters because he's kind of a disposable (laughs) front man. And Michelle can come in and say, oh, I'm appealing to nostalgia. Remember how much you loved it in the Obama years. And I want to bring us back together. And I want to use my experience in the White House to, to bring us in a better direction. And she'll be ahead in every single media poll in every swing state by 10 or 20 points. And it'll be believable because she's just so popular. She's had 15 years of all positive publicity, magazine covers, talk shows, nonstop positive publicity. So she's the perfect candidate for the Democrats. She checks all the boxes. Their whole program is based on anti-racism. All their candidates, they're trending toward female and black and ethnic candidates away from the old guard of the white establishment Democrats. They got rid of Andrew Cuomo. They're done with Hillary, and Michelle just absolutely fits everything they're looking for. Yeah, that is very true. Just a what was it, week ago, two weeks ago, they unveiled the portraits of the Obamas at the White House. And every time they go back there, I mean, the media just gushes over them. They are still treated like the celebrities that they were all the way back then. Does the media already know that she's planning on writing to try and build her up to that stage? Or are they going to be surprised when she makes her official announcement as well? Uh, look, uh, the Democrats love Barack Obama. They love the Obamas. There's nothing more they want than to have Barack back in the White House, even if he's the first husband. Uh, and when you saw when they went to unveil their official portraits, Barack gave about a five-minute speech. He just told a couple of jokes. Michelle gave a very political speech. She took swipes at Trump, talked about leaving. When you leave the White House, you move on. She talked to, gave her little personal story, which she's been telling for years. She says, oh, I wasn't supposed to be here, you know, a little black girl from the south side of Chicago. So she likes to tell that story, but it's completely not true. I show in my film and book, Michelle Obama 2024, Michelle is a very privileged kid from a privileged family, political family. Her father was a precinct captain when she was growing up in Chicago. She also grew up in Jesse Jackson's house. She was best friends with his daughter, Santita. And there's a whole different life history that I present. So if you go to michelleobama24.com, that'll link you up where you can watch the film and, and buy the book. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're talking with Joe Gilbert, author of the book Michelle Obama 2024, her real life story and plan for power. Also, the documentary you just mentioned, Michelle Obama 2024, which you can find all of it online at michelleobama24.com. If we go into a 24 presidential race with Michelle Obama and Donald Trump, it's the nostalgia of the Republicans and the fired up crowd there and the Michelle Obama fired up crowd of the nostalgia for the Democrat side when things were great under Obama. That seems to me that would be an election for the ages, wouldn't it? It'd be, you know, yeah, it would be an epic battle. Now, things were not good under Barack Obama. I mean, he did nothing for minorities. Uh, yeah. He, you know, did nothing for the black community, just was following the socialist agenda. It was just his personal popularity was the only reason he got reelected even in, in the first place. He had a very poor first term. Even the second term, there's been no results. Uh, but they won't, you know, tell you that. So, it will be an uphill battle for Trump because uh, he won't have access to his uh, voting base. He used to have 100 million Twitter followers. Now he's not allowed to tweet. He's not allowed to be on Facebook. So he doesn't have that instant access to his uh, voting base. And Michelle will have access to all the social media. So it'll be definitely a, uh, uh, you know, a field that Michelle Obama has a huge advantage going in. Sure, that is very true. Well, and Republicans have been working very hard, and they focused a lot of attention over the last few years. They haven't done enough, in my opinion, but they've been working hard to win over a lot of the minority communities. The black vote that Donald Trump was able to bring over, not all of them, obviously, but more than what Republicans have been able to get in the past. The Hispanic vote, the same thing. The women vote, the same thing. If Michelle Obama runs, does that throw a wrench in all that? And do those minorities predominantly go back to her, do you think, for the election, even though... Like you said, the Obamas didn't do much for those communities. Yeah, well, the minority vote and women are, you know, definitely a huge part of the Democrat voting base. So Michelle Obama does appeal to them. Now, it was Donald Trump's incredible results that he got for the black community, the uh, prison reform, the, all the economic opportunities. And you saw a lot of blacks and minorities voting for Trump, black males especially. So that was really the biggest existential threat to the Democrat Party was uh, the fact that Trump made such great inroads with, with their core group of voters. And the Democrats think Michelle Obama can, you know, fix that. Uh, Michelle Obama, though, has, has a lot of problems, as you'll see in my book and my film, Michelle Obama 2024. Uh, she uh, really doesn't have any experiences with the black community. Even though she's black, she spent her childhood running away from the black community. She ran away for school, for elementary and for high school. She ran away to study with whites. She had jobs in Chicago working for the mayor of Chicago. She was assistant planning commissioner, and she made about 20,000 blacks homeless. She knocked down the projects in order to give away the land to the Democrat donor developers like Tony Resco. When Michelle worked for the uh, University of Chicago Medical Center, she led a uh, something called the Southside Health Collaborative, where she actually prevented the South Side blacks from getting health care and dumped them at these crappy clinics. So Michelle has a terrible She's got uh, some record troubles. of Joe, exploiting you, the black community. we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Yeah. Uh, awesome. Hang tight. we got to take one break here. It's Joe Gilbert, Michelle Obama, 2024. When we come back here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. So I was reading through some of the comments during the social uh, on social media throughout the break. 
and a couple individuals thinking that we're advocating for Michelle Obama to run. Oh, no. I want to be very clear here. This is the dire warning that the Obamas are not gone. What did Tim Allen say on the late night talk shows? He was talking about the Clintons being like herpes where they just don't go away. They keep coming back over and over. Well, the Obamas are planning the same thing. Michelle Obama now. All the Barack Obamas run his eight years in office. Now she's trying the same thing herself, and she can be in power, and the Obamas can slip back into the White House. That would be an interesting ticket, though, and this is where I wanted to go next, and I saw some of the questions here as well uh, as we're talking with Joel Gilbert, author of the book Michelle Obama 2024, her real-life story and the plan for power. Also the documentary at Michelle Obama 2024, which you can find online at michelleobama24.com. Joel, how does how do the, the Clintons tie in here? Because Hillary is still bitter about the election against Trump. She still wants to be in power again. Again, and every couple of months, she has to resurface for an interview or a book tour. Would we see an Obama-Clinton ticket trying to unite the women on the Democrat side? No, Michelle Obama has been working that crowd, the Hillary crowd of working mothers, uh, the Oprah crowd. She's been working them for years. Her new book is called The Light We Carry. You know, it's all about that that women's vote. So she's been working very hard to shore up the base voters of, of liberal women and also minorities uh, for some time. Hillary Clinton is 76 years old. She's clearly said she's not running again. I don't think she would have any support. Anyone running against Michelle Obama would have no chance whatsoever. Uh, Hillary Clinton just doesn't have the uh, popular support or the likability. Michelle has all the likability, and the, the Clintons are done with. What they did do, they provided the model for the Obamas to follow, that the wife of the president can run for president uh, in, her own, in her own right. And Michelle Obama has been doing that. Yeah, that is very true. Now, with some of the other Democrats, I've seen the list of the popularity of the, the ranking of who they might throw into the ring, and obviously Michelle Obama, uh, Michelle Obama being at the top of that list. But we're also seeing individuals like Gavin Newsom. We're seeing even Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because she potentially could be old enough by the time that the election comes around. Uh, when Michelle does throw in officially and try to make this happen, who do you think, I mean, who would tie in as another ticket uh, runner on there with them, and who would be uh, either a threat in the Democrat Party or an asset? Yeah, no one will run against Michelle. I mean, the, the Democrat Party is kind of like the old Soviet Politburo. You'll remember that <laughs> when Joe Biden was running uh, for president that it was a joke. He couldn't put a sentence together. He lost the first several primaries. People were wondering, why is he even running? He's so old. He's so infirm. Uh, just a total joke. Then he won the South Carolina primary, and all the other opponents dropped out on the same day. Mm. So the, the fix was clearly in for Biden. So it'll work the same way with Michelle. No one will dare oppose her. And I don't think any of, you know, Gavin Newsom's done a terrible job in California. He's kind of a, you know, a weird kind of guy. No, no one has the popularity of Michelle Obama or the name recognition. So it, it's pretty much a done deal if she runs, which I think she is running. Yeah, we got just about a minute left here. Uh, but from the Democrat side, as you mentioned, I mean, the truth can stop her. What are her weaknesses and what can we when now if we're going to if we get through this midterm election and Republicans are able to take majorities in, the, in Congress and stop some of the Democrat agenda? How do we approach the attack on Michelle Obama? Because you know yeah. how the media is going to play it is say, well, you know, we're going to be sexist or we're racist again, yeah. and they're going to throw all these cards out. How do we stop her? Yeah, anyone criticizing Michelle Obama will be called a racist, a sexist, and a hater. That's part of the attraction of Michelle Obama for, for the Democrats. Uh, but her weakness is they need to start Republicans with saying, Michelle, are you going to apologize for what you did to the black community in Chicago? Because she has a horrible track record of taking away homes from black people, and telling them it'll be good for them when she worked for the mayor's office. 
She took away health care access from the black Southside community when she worked for the University of Chicago Medical Center and told the black people it will be good for you. So she has a record of making a lot of money from white Democrat elites to suppress and take rights away from the black community, a horrendous record. So once people realized what she was really up to and how she spent her life running away from the black community, Michelle grew up afraid of black people. She talks about it openly even in her book. She would get in fights with black kids who would accuse her of acting white and talking white. She's afraid to go out of her house. So I think she projects her fear of white people, or rather her fear of black people, onto the rest of America, which is not true. So that's where her big weakness is. It is going to be interesting to see how this one unfolds. We get through the midterms, and that's going to be the focus of attention. It's Joe Gilbert, Michelle Obama 2024. MichelleObama24.com is the website. Check out the book. Check out the documentary. Joel, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. we got to chat again here soon. All right. Thank you. Hey, appreciate that very much. There it is. Looking out into the next couple of elections, I guess the Democrats got to drag back the old school because they don't have any new faces. Unless you count her as a new face and she hasn't been in office. <laughs> there it is. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. We're back at it again tomorrow for a Tuesday moving through October. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.